Good morning, Reach Church. So if kids want to head to Reach Kids, they can do that. All right. All right. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. So we had on one hand the, the God who created all things, who reveals his glory, and then we have this God who is now present with us, gives us his perfection, and now we stand in his holiness and get to just, just bask in the glory of who he is without any fear or shame or guilt, and uh, what a delight. So uh, today we're doing something a little bit differently. Uh, so today is our congregational meeting, and so I thought this was a good chance to kind of summarize, uh, to look back a little bit. I don't often get the chance to encourage you guys and what you guys are doing well and how you're growing and how I'm seeing you guys actually um, have hearts that are changed. I feel like I'm, I'm constantly here trying to push you a little bit further, a little bit further, uh, and forgetting to remind you like how far you really have come. Now, that's, that's a weakness of mine because I don't like looking back because uh, whenever I look back, all I see is like how dumb I used to be and immature and all the failures. Um, but once again, that's just a failure to, to live in, in Jesus, to recognize, okay, it's not about me and my works and what I do. It's about what Jesus has done what he continues to do. And yes, there was immaturity. Yes, there, was, there were mistakes. But we get to walk in that freedom. And those mistakes are reminders that, that he has lavished grace and that he has, he has increased our faith and he has matured us. So we want to do that today. And uh, I'm sure you've grown in countless ways that I can't speak of, that I don't know about. But uh, I think there's kind of three things that came to mind as I reflected on this past year. And thought about, okay, how have we grown as a church? How have we grown as a campus? How have we grown together? And of the three things I, I came up with was, uh, first, we learned about the purpose of the law. And really came to understand it more from the heart. The real purpose of the law and, and what it's supposed to do in our lives. The second thing I think we, we really learned was the, the benefit and the power of just asking questions. And engaging with our doubts, engaging with uh, the things that trouble us, and finding real answers in Jesus. And then the last one I, that I'm glad is, is true of us, that I think we really this last year really embraced what it means to be about nothing but Jesus. I think we said that kind of in a token way before, and now I think we're really getting what it means and its, it's true importance. So with that, uh, let's turn to 2 Corinthians one twenty. 2 Corinthians one twenty just as a kind of anchor verse for what we talk about today. 2 Corinthians 1.20, it's short, obviously. It's one, one verse. Uh, but it goes like this. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him. For all the promises of God find their yes in Him, in Him as in, in Jesus. That is why it's through Jesus that we utter our amen to God for His glory. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. So there's a yes, the yes that God has pronounced because of Jesus, and now we say amen, not because of anything in us, but as a response to the promises being yes in, in Jesus. So let's, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are more faithful than we will ever be that you are more righteous and more holy 
that you are more loving. And Father, we thank you that we stand in Jesus and in no one else, nothing else. We stand in nothing but Jesus before you. And Father, what a joy to be in your presence. What a joy to, to know the perfect love that you have for us in Jesus. What a joy to know the freedom that we have found in you. And so, Father, I ask that we would look back on this year with great joy and with expectancy that you will do even more this coming year. Father, would you uh, solidify the things that we learned that as we build upon them, uh, we would create this great temple where Jesus is the king and where he is worshipped day by day. We pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> first, first, I think this year has been really about understanding the purpose and point and goal of the law, the law. Now, the law always kind of looms, looms heavy over, uh, oftentimes over Christianity, over Christians, that does have this huge weight, and we recognize that, uh, that the law is good. The law is good. It, it reveals the will of God. It reveals what he wants for our lives, but we often have this realization that like, our default mode is to, to look at the law and say, try harder, do better. This is my standard. I need to go, I need to go out and do it. And therefore, it's, it's incredibly crushing and defeating and the, the law is, is painful even to read and to understand. And that's where uh, this, this last year we've talked about the, the, the Ten Commandments, that they're Ten Promises. Ten promises to give us the righteousness that we do not have. That our failure to, to fulfill the law is fulfilled in Jesus. And then bookend with that with Galatians, which is reminding us that, no, it's not, it's not first and foremost about the law. It's about the promises. And the promises that cannot, that cannot be based upon the law because they are promises. That, a promise isn't conditioned based upon our obedience. It's given to us freely. And so we're not interacting with the law on the same level anymore. And I see it in you guys that you're not interacting with the law on the same level anymore. That we're growing as we interact with the law. And I think the first, the first way we're growing is that uh, we're believing the law for what it says. We're believing the law for what it says. And we're not shocked when we hear what it says that the law says that actually we're sinners. <laughs> and I realize that most of the time we... Uh, we, by default, go to the law and we ask, okay, like, tell me I'm righteous. Tell me I'm good enough, please. Tell me I'm okay. And, and what does it keep telling us? It keeps telling us we're sinners. And the, and the reality is, in Jesus, in nothing but Jesus, that's okay. And that's an honest interaction with the law. And actually, the only way to have a joyful interaction with the law. And then we can admit, and we can start out from the very beginning saying, like, well, yeah, of course, of course the law is going to show me that I'm a sinner. What else did I expect? What else did I expect? And I hear you guys always talking like this, and it's, it's a good thing that you're saying things like, I probably sinned like 100,000 times today. And like, and that's just the reality. Like, oh, did I do anything with like this amazing heart to glorify Jesus? Like, I don't know if I did. And we talked about the Ten Commandments and talked about like, okay, like, did you commit adultery today? Like, yeah, I'm doing great, but all right, was there any lust? Was there any, not even lust, like was there self-righteousness that pushed you away from Jesus, your first love? 
All right, then you failed in that one. And recognizing, okay, did you, did you bear false witness? You're like, I didn't lie today. Like, did you gossip? Did you judge someone? Did you, did you testify even to the glory of Jesus as you ought to have? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We have something like, okay, did I, did I steal something today? And we realize, okay, it's deep, so much deeper than that. Did I, did I want to steal today? We went to Philadelphia, and for some reason, I was like looking around. And I was like, "You could probably steal that pretty easily." <laughs> like, oh, they bolted down that table. Yeah, probably people would try to steal that. And it's just like that's the reality of our of our hearts. It's just that it would occur to us, and then we we think of what we owe to other people, and how much we owe to them, and how much like God says that true righteousness is like giving to to them first and to ourselves second. All right, why is it such a good way to interact with law, to be convinced that we're sinners? Uh, first, because it's true, and second, it's because we have a Savior. And we can, we can interact with the law and say, okay, like, thank you, Jesus, for being the only one who can fulfill this. That he came, and, and the standard was that you, you came down from glory and gave your whole life to people who hate you and crucify you so that you might cleanse them of their sin and, and pay for it yourself. Now, what a joy to know that that is, that is the fulfillment of the law. That's what Jesus did, that only he could have ever done that. And we've realized that the law is not supposed to be this standard that we throw at each other, but instead it's supposed to be this thing that, that strips us away so that we might run to Jesus. I think more and more we are running to Jesus in everyday moments in easily recognizing that we desperately need him. Now, the second thing that the, the law is supposed to show us is, is something in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I found it. I found it. Not to worry. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's supposed to, I, I, I was saying, it's supposed to show us something in Jesus. It's supposed to show us Jesus. All right. That's the whole point. All right. So, so show us Jesus. What did we see in this verse? We saw that the, the promises are all yes in Jesus. The promises are not yes in your works or yes as long as you try hard enough or as, less, as long as you get that yes as soon as you reach this level of Christianity. No, the, the promises are yes in Jesus. And that's where as some of you have, I saw in the past couple years, you were okay with the sin part. And you guys would meet together and, and all say, like, yeah, I was a terrible Christian this week. Yeah, I was too. I didn't read my Bible. I didn't really love Jesus. I didn't love people. And then you'd all be like, okay, good. Like, see you next week. Um, now, I'm not saying, oh, like, you're supposed to get better. No, I'm saying you're supposed to have joy in Jesus and to recognize that, yes, yes, there's this reality of sin, but yes, there's the reality of the Savior and the cross. This one who, who bears the weight of that sin and removes it off of you and sends you out freely and who gives you perfect righteousness and says, here, stand before the Father in, in my perfection, my blood washing away every sin. And more and more, I think the law is driving us to, to really enjoy Jesus and see his, his work 
to see the abundance of his work and ever more how much sin he is paying for and how much righteousness he is giving us day by day by day. And that we can interact with the law, not trying to hide it or, or run from it, but with an abundance of joy in what it shows us, in what it shows us about Jesus Christ. Now, I know that there's a, there's a third aspect to the law. There's a third aspect to the law. And the, it, the law is supposed to show us how we can, once we're basking in the, in the lavish abundance of his grace, ways that we can love Jesus if we want to. Ways that we can love Jesus. So if we're, we're look, asking, like, well, I want to love Jesus. How can I do it? He gives us this abundance of the law. In Paul's words, he, said, he calls it, that is why it's through Jesus that we utter our amen to God for his glory. That the law then becomes not this, this yes, sir, or this, God, I, please, please accept my, my token. No, it's, a, it's an amen. It's a saying, yes, I, I see what you've done on the cross, and now I, I let my life be an amen to the glory of, of what you've done. I want to respond to the love that you have for me with an abundance of love. I want to respond to the fact that you say the work is done by glorifying you and obeying you. Now, I think we want to say that we're getting there. I, I think we are getting there. I think we'll always struggle with that, that tension because I think in my heart, in all of our hearts, I think we say, instead, not, not that this, though our works are an amen, that they're a little bit an and but. Yeah, Jesus did it, and, and, but I need to try pretty hard, and I really do need to still do the work, otherwise I'm, I'm not quite there yet. And so I challenge us to, to really live in freedom and say, okay, the only reason you're called to obedience is because you love Jesus and you want to glorify him. The glory of God in Jesus. I think we're growing into that. We're growing into that. And more and more I see, I see that reflected in, in your lives. That you've gone from feeling guilty about not reading your Bible to reading your Bible, not because you have to, because there's, you actually enjoy seeing Jesus every day. Or you evangelize and tell people about Jesus, not because, well, that's, that's one, of the, one of your grades on the Christian scorecard, but because you actually want to talk about Jesus. And you're enjoying him more, and you're, you're showing that to people. Your amen is coming out. What is the law doing? And I think, I think we're growing in understanding what the law is supposed to do, what it can't do, and how it points us to Jesus. All right, a second thing, a second thing, which has been a joy for me. Uh, I think this year we've engaged with our doubts about Jesus and our questions about Jesus. I think of our God-sized questions. And I think that kind of opened the floodgates to questions that you guys have had in your hearts for a long time and that you kind of felt like, well, no, I need to keep those questions in the dark. I've kind of hidden them in my heart and they've started to fester and they've started to, to pollute the Christian life that you're trying to walk. I think more and more and more we are actually asking those questions that we've been scared to ask because we're not scared of, of having doubts. We're not scared of showing that yeah, maybe I'm not sure about all this stuff. Because none of us are totally sure about all this stuff. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been sitting so much. Right? We're struggling with it. We're struggling to believe. We're struggling to understand. And 
the questions that you've brought to me, the questions that I'm hearing after, after each sermon, like, they reveal your heart, they're honest, and they're helping you understand Jesus, and they're pushing us further. So keep, keep asking them. Keep asking them. Don't be afraid of them. Your doubts or your questions are not going to hurt you. They're going to bolster your faith. They're going to give it a foundation. And so keep doing it. And I've seen you guys, like, wrestle with each other and come to me after sermons and be like, I fundamentally disagree with that. <laughs> and that's good. That's good because you're not supposed to just say, like, oh, I'll just take 50% of it. No, it's take it or leave it. And if you, you have questions, if you, if you hate what I said, then, then fight about it. Fight for faith. That's one of my favorite phrases is the, the good fight of faith. It's not the good fight of obedience. It's not the good fight of, of performance. It's a fight to just believe the things that are true in Christ. And if you haven't yet embraced that, like, come talk to me. Come ask the people around you. Bring your questions. Jesus can take them. And I think we've seen that he, he can take them. All right, finally... And this is, this is the most important one. Uh, I think we really are starting to learn what nothing but Jesus really means. And I think that, that starts, I think, first with my own heart this, this year. I think part of me wanted to say I understood, but didn't understand the depth of, of what it meant. And partially, the, you have deacons and elders that you can vote on later. Leadership training... Uh, we all went through it together, and it was one of the things that reinforced, okay, the importance of nothing to Jesus is that it's so much broader than what we often make it out to be, and I think you've seen this, that the assumption is usually that nothing but Jesus is just a way of summarizing we're saved by grace, and that we're just saying, it's just a goofy way of saying the gospel, and we, we leave it at that. We say, oh, well, I'd, I'd rather use different words for it. I think we've started to see as a church how essential it is that we understand that it's, that's not what nothing but Jesus means. That nothing but Jesus means that, yeah, we can say we're saved by grace, but we can make the Christian life about a hundred million different other things. And we can run after a thousand different options. And there can be a thousand different ways of living the Christian life that completely ignore Jesus. And that he's not the center and it's about ourselves, or it's about the world. It's about our, our personal hobby horses in the Christian life. When this one calls us, nothing but Jesus calls us back to that it's all about the cross. And it's only about the cross. It's, it's only about Jesus. There's only one way that God has answered the promises, yes, and it's in Jesus. that every, every other option, when we're trying to reach the promises of God, it, it's totally irrelevant. And that our challenge in life is to make our mission giving people Jesus and nothing but Jesus. That our heart's love is nothing but Jesus. That our goal in life is to shed off all of those things that keep us from Jesus because he is our one delight, our one joy that as we delight in him, everything else will just kind of be added to it. And maybe some of our desires, some of our delights will even fall away forever. 
Now, how have I seen uh, nothing but Jesus really understood? Um, I think I've seen it in how you've engaged with Jesus. You guys are starting to pray differently. That you're talking to Jesus, and you're praying because you want to relate to him on a personal level. That it's not like a, oh, oh, hail, high and mighty God. It's like, Jesus, I, I love you. Help me to love you and to follow you. All right, how else have I seen this? I've seen this in the questions that you're asking. You're not asking the, yeah, but shouldn't we try harder questions? There's some of these questions are saying, but like, wait, how do I apply this? This is so different than anything I've ever, I've ever walked in. This is different than, than the traditional Christianity that I've, I've walked in for my life. And you're willing to question those things. You're willing to, to even say maybe those things weren't giving Jesus the right priority. All right, that's real growth. And I think also you're, you're becoming discontent with just vague God answers or, yeah, that's the law, just take it or leave it. And, and you don't really need to think about Jesus in this passage. Like, I think you're, you're not content with that. And you challenge me even when I, when I don't say that kind of stuff, when you're saying, well, how does this fit with Jesus? How does this fit with grace? How does this, how does this fit together? It's one message, isn't it? And it is one message. And I like that you, you are starting to fight for that in community. That you go to reach groups and you, you fight to believe in Jesus. You fight to, to see that it's true. I like that you guys are, and I see your, your commitment to nothing but Jesus, and that you're actually reaching people with nothing but Jesus. That too often before, we were trying to reach each other with, or reach people out in the world with the law, or it's just general goodness, or trying to improve the world, but not giving people Jesus. And it's a joy to see you guys stepping out in faith and willing to, like, to cut Cut out, cut out things from your life and shape your life around giving people nothing but Jesus. That you found a, a purpose and a mission in that. Now, uh, what, do, what do I say about this year? All right. Uh, we can learn a lot we can learn a lot. And Paul in Philippians, he says, he says, yeah, run forward, strain ahead, look to the future. But then, then he, he adds this line, he says, but hold true to what we have attained. Hold true to what we have attained. And the reality is that running forward this next year, we can forget what we've already attained. And we forget that we've, we've attained the perfection of Christ in the cross. We've attained all of the promises that are yes and amen in him. We have attained the inheritance that is prepared for us. We have attained righteousness under the law because Jesus has fulfilled it for us. We've attained freedom. We've attained a hope. And now, like, let these things be the foundation. Don't change how you interact with the law. Don't change how you interact with Jesus. Those things are permanent now. As we move forward, let's hold true to those things.
and let's give our amen to the yeses that are found in Jesus. Amen? Oh, come on. Amen. All right. We are offering our amen. We are responding to nothing but Jesus. All right. Yeah, this doesn't get to be a half-hearted amen. All right. This is the amen that answers our whole lives. Our whole life is an amen to what Jesus has done. And that's what this next year is going to be about in some sense. It's like, now that we see it, how will we respond? What are we going to do? What does it look like to, to be free and then love? To be free and then glorify? To live under nothing but Jesus? Now that we understand it, let's, let's make it true in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. <laughs> let's pray. Father, we thank you for the work that you're doing. We thank you for the work that you've done, and we thank you for the reality that you will do more than we can ask or imagine. And Father, we pray that you do more than we ask or imagine. We ask that our lives would be so saturated with nothing but Jesus that we would go places and do things that we could never, never imagine, that we have power and freedom and joy. Father, I, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the mission of Reach Church, that we have a mission that gives us laser focus on the only thing, the only one who can offer any yes to the promises of God, your promises, the promises that are true now that we stand in, in Christ. Father, thank you We give you all the glory for all that you've done. And we ask that we would give uh, great joy in glorifying you more year by year by year. Thank you, Father, for the work you're doing. We pray in Jesus Christ's name.